Welcome to UBA Throws Podcast. We talk about joys, issues, excitements, struggles, benefits, and adventures of everyday life of student-athletes, and we bring you this from their own perspective and experiences. Today with us, we have Ryan Singer. He's going to talk about his experience from high school to college, transferring, managing student life, athlete's life, family and social life, and how important it is to keep that balance. Really, Ryan has some incredible advice for you guys. So listen carefully and listen to the end and let us know what you think. Ryan Singer, thank you very much for coming. This is our first podcast, guys. Uh, We're very excited about this. Ryan is our senior discus thrower from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. He's a transfer from Tulane. He's going to talk about his experience here. Um, His experience at Tulane as a transfer transfer student, how the whole process went. And we have some questions from you guys as well. So that's going to be interesting. Ryan, let's just start from the beginning. Introduce uh, yourself a little bit. How did you get into track? In the first place. So I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I grew up playing football my whole life. And I think it was it was seventh grade when I had a coach come up to me. And I was a I was a quarterback, so I had experience with the throwing motions in general. Um, one of the coaches came up to me and he said, Hey, look, man, like I think that you should try some of the throwing sports. It seems like something you'd be good with. You know, you're a little bigger kid, you know. It, it's something that you might be good at. And that year, I, I picked up the discus, I picked up the shot put, um, seventh grade, and it was something that I found that I was naturally kind of good at. And it was really fun to be good at something that no one else in my area really knew. They didn't know what it was. They, they didn't know why it mattered. But I was having fun learning those first couple few years. Most high school uh, students ask me, Basically, how to get in touch with coaches, how to get uh, <clears throat> how to get recruited. So, what was your experience uh, in, in track, or was it track at all? Mm-hmm. So, I had a unique high school recruiting experience in that I only had one coach interested in recruiting me. I wasn't traditionally the Division One prospect. I threw a PR at the end, the tail end of my senior season. My PR was 160 feet in the discus. And, you know, that's not traditionally a number that coaches will be going out of the way and reaching out to me for. I had one coach out in California, Pomona College, I went and visited, but I had already gotten into my dream school, which was Tulane University. I got to follow my sister there. I love New Orleans. And basically what I did is I reached out to the coach and I said, hey, I'm a discus thrower. I throw this far. If you have room for me, I would love to join your team. I would love to be an athlete. I will, I will put all the work in that's required. I'll do everything. I just want to be on the team. Do you have a spot for me? And he said yes. Now, your coach is uh, he's one of the famous coaches in track and field and throwing. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about him? Yeah. So when I first got into Tulane and I found out that I was going to be a thrower, um, our coach at the time, his name was Gary England, he... He was in contact with me, giving me workouts, telling me what to do over the summer. And then I get there. I get to Tulane day one. I reach out to him. I say, hey, coach, I'm here. What do you want me to do? And he, and he, and he responds, oh, I'm not there anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. He, says, oh, wow. he said, I'm not there anymore. Um, sorry, kid. So I went in. I didn't know what, who my coach was. The next week, um, 
Coach Jeff Milliron comes to campus. He's our new throws coach. Um, uh, he came from Princeton. He was a, a assistant coach at Princeton. Um, and man, Jeff Jeff is a character. <laughs> um, you know, he was someone that wasn't going to lie to you ever. He looked at me. He took day one, week one of, of throwing and lifting. He sat me down. He said, look, you are not strong enough to be a Division One thrower right now. At one point, he says, I think you might be the weakest there is. And he told it to me how he told me exactly how it was. He told me how, what I would have to do to compete. He 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 was with us training every day. You know, we would lift with him. We'd throw with him. Um, he was the first, you know, elite level 60 meter plus thrower I had ever seen in person. Um, and I get he really decided to take me under his wing and show me what it would take to get to a level where I could be competing with these guys. It's very important to have a coach who obviously care and Jeff definitely cares about throwing and the fact that he throws as well, that he was throwing uh, as well at the same time as you were throwing. How special was that? Because you were, had firsthand, you saw somebody throwing far. Right. How inspirational was that? Or So I guess, you know, one of the things that's so important about, you know, being on a team and your teammates is having people who are better than you and who you look up to and have someone to chase, have someone to show you what that great, what, what that next step looks like. Um, and obviously I have plenty of that here at UVA, but at Tulane there, there wasn't, there wasn't many throwers. There, there were no scholarship level throwers. Um, it was a bunch of us trying to figure out how to compete. And Jeff was there showing us like, this is, this is it. This is the path. And, that meant so much to me because I needed a visual cue of how to be good. I had no one. I didn't have much of a coach in high school. Um, my my district wasn't very competitive. I, I was winning the district every year at 160 feet. So it was more or less the first time I had ever seen someone who really knew what they were doing. And that was so important for me in the long run. How different was training in college from training when you get to that level? Obviously, now you're in a different level. How was that uh, adjustment for you? So most of my training in high school was football training. I was lifting with the football team. I had, you know, I was I was one of the stronger kids, and um, the football training program got me got me pretty strong for what I thought was, you know, a strong high schooler. Um, but I had I looking back, I wish I knew how much more what was in it, you know, I, the, the initial adjustment was we're going to be lifting a lot more and we're going to be lifting a lot heavier. Um, and I guess if I had one, if I had one thing to tell myself looking back, I would say, go work on your form. It took me a long time lifting form. It took me a long time to figure out what the correct form was. And once I kind of got the form down first, then the numbers started jumping. You know, I was, trying to to hit those higher numbers straight out the gate with poor form. And I had some injuries. I had a back injury. Um, and there's, the numbers weren't coming because my form was bad. Um, but obviously, you know, we worked it out. And once that form kind of got there, and, you know, it takes a lot of strength training to get form down too. But then the numbers started skyrocketing once that happened in my sophomore year, I'd say. Uh, when you were an athlete, and uh, as you are, very dedicated very excited about throwing, very excited about getting yourself better. 
when that injury comes, how did you cope with that psychologically? It's really hard to be in the middle of a training cycle, to be seeing yourself get better. You know, everyone wants this process to be a linear process to the top. You know, you're, when you're putting in all the work, you just, you know, you're told if you put in the work, things will come. But sometimes, you know, you get hurt. And it feels like the mo- it, it feels so retroactive. It feels like you've taken a huge step back. But I guess the important thing is to remember that injuries are part of the process. They are largely unavoidable. It's going to happen. It's part of the process. And this sport, this, this, this throwing sport is such a mental game. And having the mental, the mental strength to overcome an injury can help you in all different parts of the sport, having the mental strength to overcome a, a slump when you're throwing. And I guess it was important to me that first time I had that, I had a lower back injury. Um, I was confused. I couldn't really understand where it was coming from and it wasn't going away that I had to reset myself mentally, try new things, listen to the trainers, stop getting frustrated. And it helped me mentally in the long run to help to deal with some of these injuries that are still popping up today. Oh, that's really good that you kept that in mind, the form and getting ment- being mentally strong through that injury, right? I see a lot of athletes irreversibly hurt themselves. We cannot undo some things. Some injuries cannot be undone once they happen, right? So luckily for you, the from what I can see, when you came here to UVA, your injury was not as strong as some other athletes who transferred in that you were not able to do snatch, you were not able to do squats. You are taking every practice very seriously. I, I really like that because uh, you, when you see your technique and you posted this the other day, your first year, second year, and then now you are getting technically so much better, right? So somebody will say, okay, you know, I'm a, I'm a senior uh, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm just going to focus on uh, getting into grad school, uh, getting into uh, life after college. But you are taking every practice the best that you can. You're trying to get better. Uh, you're frustrated when you're not getting better, yeah. uh, which is how much you want. And did this, is this something that you had from high school or did you have this mentality? Because it seems like you have a mentality. Let me use every day to the fullest. Uh, let me use every practice to the fullest. No matter how it ends up, uh, it feels that you are... Um, really into the yeah. moment. So did you yeah. have this in high school or for, from childhood? Was this your parents or, or was it you? Like, oh, my God, let me use time. So I was one of those kids who had to be told to calm down okay. in practice, <laughs> in you know, third grade football practice, getting in fights because I thought, you know, it wasn't my fault, it was your fault. Like, I, I'm, I'm super competitive. And I think I had the extreme top end of that uh, in high school throwing discus. I was... I had a lot of frustrations with with what because I didn't know much of what the technique was supposed to be. I didn't have great coaching. I had the the you know the coach I did have. I love him. He was so helpful to me. He wasn't he wasn't a thrower. He was a big guy that they hired because he's a big guy and he can and he they thought they could help us out. But it was mostly me versus me, and I would get really really frustrated. So I guess the learning curve for me was going from every single day you know, 150% throwing as hard as I can, frustrating myself, being really angry to, I had to learn how to dial it back a little bit and take every practice as a learning experience instead of a competition experience. Because the sport is you versus you at all times. 
So trying to figure out how to dial it back to a point where I, I still have that fire, I still have the, the willingness to make sure every practice is meaningful, but also making it so I'm not so intense that it's going to keep me from, from focusing. So I guess figuring out how to, how to keep that focus and the intensity at the same time took, I think, maybe I, I've been throwing for eight years. I think it took me probably six years to figure that out, yeah. That balance is, is really important. It's so important to, uh, to push yourself to the limit, but also know that you know, there is a limit and to be motivated every day to show up. There hasn't been a day in a way through or track, like I said, that you, were, you did not show up. Regardless of the things that you have in school, you know, at home, there's, you know, being a student is not easy anywhere, especially UVA a student athlete. There's a lot of balancing to do, which also brings me to the question, how do you balance college life? Yeah. So, so I'd say the biggest thing for me that I've learned that I have to do is I have to be 100% in where I'm at, wherever I am, what I'm doing. So let's say if I have three lives, if I have a track life, a so I'm, I'm a studio art major, so I have an art life, a school life, and then a social life with friends. So I would, if I am, if I'm in school, if I'm, if, or if I'm at home studying, I have to be 100% in that at the moment. I am not focused on track. I'm not worried about how practice was that day. Not worried about what my friend's doing. I'm 100% in what I'm doing at the time. If I'm at practice, I am not thinking about anything else. So the, the, the thing that was kind of hard for me, especially in the beginning is I felt like I was being pulled so many different ways. You know, if I'm at, I was at practice worrying about the test I had, I'd, I would just be, you know, hanging out with my friends and, and just ruminating over a poor practice. And you, you can't do that because then you're never really in one place. You're never giving enough attention to, you know, what, what you're doing. So I guess the first step is to care about all, everything that you do. You need to care, give a hundred percent into what you're doing and then be there. You know, you can't be three places at once. You have to be, you have to be in there. You have to be caring about what you're doing at that moment. And that's, that was for me, the key to balancing. Sometimes it, sometimes you've truly taken on too much and you might have to dial it down a little bit, you know, I can't take an 18 credit course load. It doesn't work for me. I can't. Some people can, but I know that I can't. But I, for me, the mo, at the moment is giving 100% into where I, wherever I'm at at the moment. If I'm with my family, I'm with my family. Like I, I'm nowhere else. You know. Like I said before, I can definitely attest to that because I can see you being in every practice. To be a great student athlete, like you are, right? I mean, we're not talking about. Um, having 4.0 or throwing the world record, right? Being a student athlete who's competing, who's competitive, who's pushing, uh, pushing your limits, right? If you are every year or you know every month, you're pushing your PRs, you're pushing uh, yourself to the your best self. That's for me, successful athlete, right? Because you are making those progress. Um, not everybody, not everybody is blessed to be six eight, right? So you, you just don't have those ranges. Like you're born with your gifts. And to, for like I said, for me, success is successful. Student athlete is an athlete who's pushing himself every day and getting better, right? Which you are. But it, it's 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 uh, good to hear that you had some struggles with that at the beginning. That you had to kind of be where you are. You have to limit your time and distractions. How do you? Yeah. When did you realize like, okay, I can't talk to my friends and study at the same time? Like, was there a moment that you were just like, turn your phone off or? <laughs> so actually, there was a moment uh, freshman year. I was in the middle of finals. 
I actually, it wasn't even that hard of a finals load for me, but it was, you know, the anxiety's there because it's finals. And I remember I was having a, a really rough week at practice, a rough week at practice. I was going through finals and, you know, my friends were trying to convince me to, to, to you know, come do stuff with them, you know, and it was because, you know, more downtime in finals. And I remember I was so stressed out. It was literally, I was through the roof that I, I called my parents and I was like, I don't know what's happening. I was, I was really upset. And I guess it, I really had to be able to sit down and learn how to focus. I, because of that moment, I actually got into the mindfulness and meditation study. I've been reading some books about it. I, I um, use an app. So it helps me kind of focus. But that was the moment that, that I realized I really had to figure out how to separate these different things because it wasn't going to work. And I, and the, the worst part about it is you could see things starting to suffer. You know, I was, I was hitting a point in, um, the, the weight room where I I thought I was getting a whole lot better. And then it stalled for a little bit. And that was really frustrating. And I couldn't figure out why until I started to be able to separate all the things that were going on. I, I like the, uh, that you were willing to explore things that can help you, right? So many students that I see, they hit that wall and they're like, oh my God, I'm just going to give up, right? You actually went out and, and searched like, okay, what can help me? How did, um, there's a lot of research on mindfulness and uh, meditation. How crucial was that for you? Uh, how, how much did it help? And uh, how did you run into it? You say you were reading books. So... I, yeah, I, I felt like I needed something. The problem with this whole, with, with, with student athletes is often they don't want to get, they don't want to feel like they're not mentally strong enough. We're being told as athletes over and over again, be strong, be tough. What I had to do was I, I had to think of, I was, I was starting to think of training my brain as if I was training my body. You know, it felt like it felt productive. It felt like I was getting better, you know, getting better at something, getting, getting more skilled with my mind because I knew I was all over the place. I wish I had known about it before I reached the point where I was really struggling, but I guess sometimes that's what it takes. It's, it is a very new field, especially there's a lot coming out for athletes now of the benefits for athletes. And I think that is one of the biggest things that that taught me how to focus on what I'm doing at every moment, because one of the biggest lessons is just be where you are, be mindful, be in the present. And that was that was so crucial for me in the end to be just there. And that really helped kind of focus me up, separate different parts of my life. And also, you know, it's going to help me for the rest of my life too. I'm, this is my my last year and hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm going to grad school. Things are going to be tough. I'm going to need to be able to use that stuff that I learned. A lot of us, myself included, underestimate how doing right things right now is very important. We, uh, we, we, I often fell into the tra- trap that a couple more weeks, you know, next semester I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out, uh, postpone those habits that you obviously installed very early. How, in, how, how it's so hard to change a habit when it gets to the, when it, when it lasts for a long time. Habits like focusing, you cannot delay that. Right? Like you cannot uh, underestimate how detrimental that can be in your life, in your training, and in your work. I think college is a great opportunity to get you focused, to get your time 
organization skills to the point that they need to be for life. I don't know how you guys do it. This is, I mean, UVA, you have so many classes. You have, obviously, you're applying for grad school now. Uh, you have practice. Uh, like you said, you have friends. You have family that you have to uh, stay in touch with. Very important. We are social animals, right? Uh, human beings. We're not robots. Uh, you do have to have those uh, social uh, relations. You have to have friends, your family, people around you to talk, to hang out, to rest. Which one is the hurting the most right now, what do you think? Or are you finding a good balance that you're able to find? How do you dedicate your time, your priorities right now? I'm, I'm very proud of the balance that I've come to find in this fourth year. I think right now, I've got, I, I'm applying to grad school right now. I'm in the process of making a, I'm working on a film. I'm a film major. I'm working on a film right now that I've been working on the whole year. Um, so there are times when it feels like something is really just pushing ahead and I have to give it the attention it deserves. Otherwise I'll be, you know, overly stressed about it. And at the same time, I'm working on this film, I'm working on grad school. So that's my school section. It's really pushing right now. We're preparing for the season as well. So, you know, we're, we're in a pretty heavy cycle in the weight room. We're making some, we're working on some technical adjustments right now in discus. So those two things are really dominating my time. And so my social life is just going to have to take a hit for now. And I'm, and I'm okay with that because I know they'll be there. You know, my friends, are, my, my friends aren't going to forget about me. You know, I'm, I'm, they know, they know what my schedule's like. Um, and it's okay to make those sacrifices because it's always going to be there, you know. I stay in touch with them for time to time, check up on, on the friends. The best friends, and I have some friends from high school, from childhood, like you said, they understand that. If, if your friend is a true friend, he's going to understand that you have things to do right now, but then when you guys catch up in the summer, in a, you know, in a winter break, you know that you guys going to take off where, where you stopped. It's, it's like nothing changed. What is your day like? So your busiest day. When you go to sleep, how do you organize that? Uh, eating, you know, when you get up, what do you eat? What do you eat? When do you study? So take us through one of your college days. Yeah, on a typical day, I really see myself bouncing across the different sec sections of my life. I have, I'm in a 15 credit course load. So on my hardest day, I wake up, I have practice at nine, go to practice, we'll throw. This is a technical practice, throw, do drills, about 20 to 25 throws on a typical day. Um, sometimes when things are hurting, I'll, I'll try to reduce it a little bit. Um, so that'll be about an hour's worth. Shower, go to the training room, do a little bit of rehab for some, for, for some back and core strengthening. That'll put me at about 10.30. 11 o'clock, I'm at class. Straight from that class to another class at 12.30. Straight from that 12.30 afterwards, I go and lift. Because typically, so typically the throwers all lift together later in the afternoon, but I've got a class some, on some days, certain days I have a class later, so I have to lift earlier. So I'll go straight from class to lift, straight from lift, shower, go back to class, back to class. Um, I have, I, you know, I have a pretty tough schedule, but um, it all wraps up around six o'clock, go to dinner, eat dinner, go home, decompress. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible when you so when you put it out like that, it seems impossible, right? For a human being to be able to do that, get up in the morning early enough for early practice, eat, go through all the classes, lunch, eat again, you know, after after the different classes, and go to the weight room, kill yourself in the weight room, and go study. I when I was a student athlete, 
it's almost like I have amnesia. I don't even remember some of the days. Like, how did I go through it? Finals, when finals come, last semester or your second semester, you had insane schedule. You had an insane schedule. We, we couldn't practice on the one uh, on Mondays, but you turned out uh, you turned out that season really well. You threw a PR. You uh, you were you were top nine at ACCs. Uh, you were in that elite group. You and Natsa and Pobo, you had three of you guys. Um, so when we come back, we're gonna have a, uh, take a little break. We're gonna talk about Ryan's uh, training experience in track, more uh, specifically the experience with his teammates last year and uh, what, he, how, what he thinks about how they helped him or what he learned from that. All right, so we're back. Talk to us a little bit about uh, your teammates. You had quite an interesting group to train with last year. Povo, Nadze, Hilmar, one of the most interesting, uh, great student athletes, uh, very interesting characters, uh, very dedicated athletes and students. So talk to us a little bit about that. So first and foremost, first day I walked in, I walked into the weight room just you know, check out the facilities, and I saw Povo in there. He was, I believe he was having a squat day and squatting just some unbelievable, like you couldn't even imagine, like ridiculous numbers that I didn't even know were like possible or necessary for, for throwers. And it was unbelievable. I remember I was so intimidated, especially those first few weeks, you know, getting to know everyone. Hilmar is a scary looking dude. If you don't know him, <laughs> um, of course, when you know him, he's not so scary. So not saying yeah. is equally, maybe more scary looking at first. But what they did for me last year, I cannot understate at all. You know, I, I, I came into the program, my, my, my numbers were not as, as strong as their numbers, you know, and it's easy to think like, you know, these guys aren't going to respect me. These guys aren't, aren't, aren't interested in helping me because, you know, these are NCAA finishers. They, these are guys that, that finished in the top of their field in the NCAA. So I was a little bit nervous about that, but no matter how I was doing, no matter, you know, what I was, what I was doing in practice, um, they were, they always, always had my back. They were always helping me. They were, they were, you know, Pobo is probably one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. And he was, he's so genuinely invested in how I'm doing, making sure I'm doing well. You know, I could be having a practice where I am throwing so poorly and he'll see that and he'll, he'll, he'll find the one throw that I do a little bit better than all the other ones, and he will absolutely mob me for that. Oh, amazing, you know? And having teammates like that, that, you know, one, I can look up to, you know, follow their movements, see how they're doing things throughout their day, watch their intensity in the lifts, watch their intensity at practice, and two, have them be a support system for me, you know, validate my work, um, is so important because that's you know that's that's what a role model is someone that you look up to and, and is willing and truly cares about helping you. Uh, I agree with you on, on, on that. No, th- those guys are really incredible persons, right? People, not just athletes. And Pobo, his energy is hard to match, <laughs> and uh, we, we do miss him in a way through a lot. Uh, the last four years, he was just incredible uh, motivator. And you you cannot have a bad day when you have a teammate like that, right? So. Yeah. Uh, what I see you guys, and I talked to you guys about this uh, many times, I am jealous of you guys, what you have as a team, uh, as a team of throwers, because those moments I, I had a couple of good teams, 
I was on a couple of good teams, but this level of intellect, of greatness, of humbleness, I mean, not Sepobo, Himar, uh, and Ethan, right? Uh, incredible kids. They're just so into throwing. They're so good uh, people. Um, you know, it's one thing having a great athlete. Like, they are. They're great athletes. You all are. Like I said, uh, you're pushing yourself to the limit every practice. You're getting PRs. None of you guys are lazy. And, and, but to have an amazing person as well, it's, it's just something uh, that I haven't experienced and I can... And maybe you you know you can attest to that from being you know in high school or, or college. But myself going through that in two different colleges, you know, I was transferred myself. It is incredible what you guys have, and that that brings so much out of you every practice. And I can see that uh, with you guys. So I'm, like I said, I'm jealous of you guys. That I'm not on a team, right? I'm your coach, <laughs> but I'm not on a team because. Yeah. And you're going to have those guys uh, as friends forever. You have friends from Iceland. You have from Nigeria, Croatia, Slovenia. Uh, that's yeah. a really unique situation too. Yeah, I think you know my my high school coach, my high school football coach, used to say it all the time, and it is so true, especially here. It is so much easier to let yourself down when you're by yourself, but when there are other people who are counting on you, who are invested in you, who care about you, it is so much harder not to get that extra rep. It is so much harder not to just you know when you're in the weight room say oh, I don't need to do this last set. It, when, when there are people next to you that you know care about you and that you care about and are invested in and you owe it to them to work as hard as them, then it is so much harder to, to do poorly, you know? It's, it, it makes life way easier. It makes the hard times easier. It makes getting up in the morning. You know, last, last year I had 7 a.m. practice because... Um, not say loved mornings and you know i'm not a morning person but i was getting up and i would go to the locker room and not say's face would be oh ryan i'm so glad you're here like every single day so happy oh let's go throws like okay man that's what we're doing so it would make make makes life a lot easier no it's uh talked i talked about this with jordan young too he would say he would have a hard day, you know, he would be tired, and then he sees Nats, and that's like, yeah. Jordan! And it's like, <laughs> yeah. all right, the energy's yeah. on. So how, you know, people talk about track and field as very individual sport, which it is, right? You're in the ring by yourself. Uh, you're not passing the discus to anybody, right? So relay is a little different. You can say it's a little bit of more team. But other than that, I mean, just track is very individual. Now, did you find you were playing football uh, in high school? How important? important is that team team spirit team support uh, how did it uh, how did you can connect that to track or how to how did it help you yeah i you know i learned very early on that you have to be a teammate like you have you have to be able to be a good teammate when like i said like when you're alone it's way harder and when you feel alone it's it's so much more difficult to pick yourself up than when you have people relying on you and i think you know especially because we are in a program that is competing for championships. Last year, we we fell out of the number one spot in the ACC team championships by six points, which is one foul away, you know? So, you know, knowing that we're in it and knowing that, you know, the success of your team relies on your teammates, it's it, it makes it it makes it so that you cannot you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your teammates to be doing the best you can. And it's, I've, I've seen myself here 
find it a lot easier to, to, to get through the hard days. And we, you know, in an intense program like this, we, we have more hard days than I had at Tulane. And, you know, walking into the weight room and seeing Ethan, who I've formed such a, a great relationship with since I've been here, you know, I owe it to him to, if I'm having a, a bad day, to pick myself up and match his energy. And, you know, the same thing. He owes it to me. We're both, we're both there together. You know, he might be having a down day, but we owe it to each other because we're, we're, we're close. We care about each other. We care about the team and the success of our team to, to go after it on that day. There's a, there's a lot of research being done uh, on people's moods and how it, affects, how it affects other people, right? There's one research that they've done on the blood pressure. They would put the uh, uh, blood pressure cuffs on people, uh, and then one person would walk in a room with a with a little bit of increased heart rate, and people in that room will feel that they will not knowingly, but uh, their body um, they they will pick it up on that on that energy. Um, it's really you know say you know when they say Debbie Downer, right? Sometimes it's not your fault you had a bad day, but your mood, even if you're trying not to show it, your friends who know you really well can see that oh, well, there's something different with Ryan, right? And like I said, what I love about you guys is you're picking your guy, yourself up in a way through them. That is so important. That is so important as a group. You are so much stronger as an individual, like you said. Uh, and like I said, I'm so jealous that I haven't had this in, in college. That is such a, uh, such a blessing uh, to have friends like that on the same page. And like you said, it definitely you owe it to your friend. Right, so he's having a bad day, but in the past he picked you up, and it's not like you, you know, keeping tabs. How many, how many days right. did Ethan pick me up? Right, <laughs> it's not you don't, you know, it's not different that. Uh, you just know that you have to be there for a friend, and you know yeah. that he's gonna be there for you. He's gonna be like, all right, Ryan, let's go. You know, stop being a little wuss, right? right? And then you're like, oh no, no, I, you know, and you get that extra. And I think, I think specifically, like last semester, I had a the hardest semester I had in college for sure. And there were days when I could not, I, I couldn't get myself to, to focus up in the weight room because I was so tired. You know, it, it, sometimes it's hard to, to go into an afternoon practice after you have a full day, especially in the weight room with the, with the weights that we're lifting. And I, I relied so heavily on Ethan um, and, and Jacob. And well, now that Claudio is here, but, but last semester it was me, Ethan and Jacob. Yep. And I would walk in literally without fail. No, no matter what happens that day, Ethan's going to come up to you when he sees you and give you some sort of line. I was like, <laughs> Oh, howdy man. Or Hey man, what's up? Like, and I love it. It's so important for me because I, I was so tired last semester and coming yeah, in and just yeah. seeing that energy, like I immediately have to match it. And he's a funny dude. So it really, it really helps out. No, definitely, definitely. Um, it's like I say, it's such a blessing, and it's so it's such a joy for me as a coach to see that that you guys are not just getting along, that you guys are involved in each other's progress. Right. So you have to keep yourself accountable, but it helps so much if you have friends who keep you accountable as well. They say, I forgot who said it, that you are average of five people around you that you yeah. spend most time mm -hmm. with, right? And that's so true. That is so true. If you're hanging out with somebody who has not even, I wouldn't say lazy or have a, you know, a slacker, has a different goal, right? Not everybody has the same goals in life. Somebody you know, wants to be a student and that's it. They don't want to throw, right? But that person will soon be either not in that sport or you will get down to that level, right? If you allow that. Fortunately, we haven't had 
uh, athletes like that since I've been here because, like, you know, it's really hard to get into UVA and yeah. you really have to be motivated and dedicated to do that. So that's why I love uh, energy that you guys have. And really in life, you know this, you know, from I'm sure from, from childhood too, you are who you're out with. Yeah. If you're hanging out with the right people, they push you. They will find you. They will keep you accountable for those days. Keep you out of trouble, and just they're gonna make you a better person. But it's, it's just you're gonna live your life to the fullest, right? They're gonna push you to live a better life. So that's why, like I said, I'm again. I'm gonna repeat this a lot. I'm jealous. I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm never gonna be on the team like you guys are. Now that you are approaching the last couple months of your college career, what are you say? You said you're making a movie. You're Applying to universities, what are your, uh, so ne- what's the next project? What's this movie about? So, well, right now I'm, I'm applying to grad schools, to, to film schools, and I want to be a director for motion pictures at some point in my life. Um, and so right now I'm taking all classes that pertain to film and film studies and film art, cinematography, um, and that, and that's one of the things that makes life a lot easier when you love, you know, the class you're taking. And I happen to love all my classes. I'm super lucky for that, and hopefully that's something that everyone will eventually come to do maybe in their third or fourth year. But at the moment, I'm working on a film that I've been working on all semester. We wrote we wrote the film. I wrote the film last semester in a class called Screenwriting. Then the second half of the class is this semester. We're working on we're, – we're directing the film right now. I've got a 10-person crew, a producer, director of photography. The whole crew is lined up right now. We've got – five different actors who are playing the lead roles, a bunch of extras. It's a, it's a real project. And like, that's one of the things I love about UVA. They take everything seriously here. And, um, this project that I'm working on right now is no joke. Thanks to the program here. And this is some real life experience I'm getting. And I mean, that's kind of what I've found from this school in general is every, everything they take up, everything you kind of do in class has more weight to it. And, it's really with the thought of being a professional in mind. And I love that. So like right now, next weekend we're starting filming and I'm, I'm super nervous, but I'm, I'm really excited for it. What does it, what does it take? So during filming, what, what's all the things that you have to consider? It's a thousand decisions for every shot. You know, it, whatever you see on screen takes so much planning. And that's what I'm in the process of right now. I'm writing down a shot list, I'm making storyboards, you know, we're working on a, a, a big plan and everything um, you see on screen took months of planning beforehand. And that's what people don't realize is it takes so much effort. So many people, you know, a major motion picture employs over a thousand people, you really? know, sometimes way more than that. Yeah, when you see those credits, they keep going. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and it's also interesting if you ever just decide to watch a a movie and just read the credits and like, I wonder what that does. Like, it makes no sense, but they had some some part to play in it. Um, Like I said, it's it's a thousand decisions for every shot. So you know, right now, obviously, I'm working with a pretty small crew, but we are we are all making those small decisions, trying to figure out how we want things to look. Um, everything needs to be figured out so that our actors don't have to do any work on set, just read the script and act. But it's really fun, and that's something I've learned. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm confident in my abilities now because UVA is so is, the program that I that I found here um, is is pretty intense and really fun. Um, but I've learned a great deal about it. And I'm actually, I'm really excited because I feel super prepared for, for grad school and whatever comes next too. Yeah. It is, um, 
for me incredible to watch behind the scenes like how how things are made uh and uh, as you mentioned uh, the credits right you see some of those people i remember reading one time the consistency person like what is that what does that even mean consistency but then you'll have things like on the game of thrones right the cup the the starbucks cup Uh like like that's a small thing that somebody consistency person whatever (laughs) forgot about and uh, it's so unfair that uh, that little thing can, you know, make people yeah. talk about like just that and not realize how much it took to make that perfection. You know, a lot of it relates to I, I find that my life as an athlete and as a filmmaker relate a lot to each other. It's it's a process of having all the little things matter. And, you know, people will be saying that in every field forever. But, you know, as a student athlete, I've really learned how to focus on the details you know, the little things right, you know, going to rehab, finish, doing all my reps in rehab, even when it's not at a practice with a coach watching, um, making sure all my all my bases are covered everywhere. I'm think I'm predicting everything. I'm trying to think about everything. And it it really it really helps, you know, each other out. And I kind of feed off of, you know, I, like I said, I want to be separated 100 percent in, in each different field, but they really kind of help each other. Do you find that how you do anything is how you do everything? You oh, know yeah. what they're saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's so true. And you know, sometimes <laughs> that's that's kind of stressful. Like you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. And when I when I think of that sentence, I hear it all the time. And I think of just love what you do. You know, be proud. You know, uh, it, it's it's hard when when you think of it like I need to give all of my effort and energy into everything at all times. That's that's not exactly possible. But when, when you're proud of what you do and when you take pride in your work, when you take pride in the assignment that's worth 10% of your grade or 2% of your grade, when, when it's your work, it has your name on it, if you're proud of that, that that's how I interpret that. Um, and it's important because it's your brand. At all, you know, it, it's, it's who you are and it's your brand, so you need to take pride in it and you need to be comfortable with what you're doing. When did you, find, uh, when did you figure out you want to be in filmmaking? So, okay, it's, it's, uh, it's actually an interesting story. I, so my, 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 my parents love, love movies. My dad, I grew up with him showing me different movies that he thought I I needed to see. So I always loved, I always loved movies. But when I was in seventh grade, I took a digital media class and part of the program was an editing software and we had to make a little project with an editing software. And I fell in love with an editing software. I don't know what it was called. It, it, it's no longer available. It was all online. Um, I fell in love with the software and I was making these stupid little films with my friends. Like (laughs) it was like editing us with like stupid videos of cows dancing. I I remember (laughs) this one, we tried to do a a ghost hunters video in our school after hours and we got kicked. We we got in trouble. Uh, We we walked into the the school gymnasium at like nine o'clock and we're doing little ghost hunters videos. And I kind of fell in love with being able to manipulate clips and and make a story out of it and all these little details i I mean i I guess i I love working with with little details because that was so much fun for me and that kind of got the gears rolling um in high school i took a film class and after that class i was like that's it that's what you want to be a filmmaker like that that's all that's all i want anymore not worried about anything else no that's that's great it's um it's a true blessing that you can find that. Um, and for you guys, Ryan is really talented. I saw a couple of his films, short films that he made. And one day you had that. Was that part of the project? Like the, oh, the yeah. old school camera? Oh, yeah. What was that? So, <laughs> yeah, whenever I can, I like to to make films about uh, 
about my my thrower experience. And one of the things we work with in my program here is we work with these super old cameras from the 70s, 60s. And then we shoot on, you know, physical film, you know, the filmy roll. So I came to practice one day with this clunky old camera and, you know, I was just, just, just filming the guys throwing. If you want to check it out, it's on my Instagram somewhere from last year. It's, it's this black and white old style film and, you know, watching, watching the guys throw, um, watching, I, I was watching me throw. It was me, Jade and not say at practice that day. <laughs> it was, it was super cool looking at that footage, uh, black and white on this physical roll of film. How, just, how old was that camera? It's got to be... It's got to be 50 years old. It's 50. I, I can't, I don't know the date, but. Well, when was that? Like, yeah. When were they using the camera? Then? Back oh, in the 60s, 50s? They were using those, those cameras in the 60s and 50s. Yeah. That's incredible. It's cool. It's cool to like, because it, it, it tells you where the industry has come from and, you know, where it's going. How far it went through. Now, do you find it easier now with all this technology to do films or is it more complicated because now there's so many things and, uh, you know, the, the computer. Gra uh, computer graphic design, right? Uh, uh, CG. How, is it making it easier now, or is no, it, it a little it's, more? It's definitely both, because you know, with the, with that camera I was using at practice, we I have to send the film in before I ever get to see it. I don't get to see it play back like you can on your iPhone or, for, or on a camera. Um, I had to send it in. Comes back two weeks later, and I'll find out if I made a mistake or not. So it, it helps a lot in that regard. But, you know, on the flip side, it pushes the boundaries of all the things you can do, like all these crazy stunts and graphics and all that. So it, it makes it more complicated. It also helps helps save some time. And right, right now we're seeing a, a, a giant boom in the industry of, you know, what special effects can accomplish. Yes. You know, it really look like real life. You know, you take, a, you take these Avengers movies and you can really, you know, it, it pushes the imagination. And that's another thing I love so much about it is, is that the imagination is just so wild, especially with what is possible nowadays. It's, it's really fun to see where it's going. It was a, what was the movie name? Uh, is it Al Pacino and those guys? They use these three oh, D cameras, um, the and Irish I thought kid. it was I thought it was makeup they put in to make them look younger. Yeah, but oh, it was yeah. CG. Yeah, yeah, it's super cool. I I love that they can do that. I hope that one day when I'm old like that, that they can just render my face and look super <laughs> young and everything. But I love that. That's the Irishman. Irishman, um, yes, that yeah. That yeah. movie is too long. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's super cool, and I love I love being a part of it, especially right now with how crazy and big you know streaming services are are becoming Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, you know, and hopefully you know when I get out of grad school there'll be a spot for me in there, and I'll get to join this economic boom that's happening yeah. in the film industry. Yeah, oh, you know, it's it's incredible now Netflix and Hulu, and now you have a uh, Disney. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about, we're going to take a little break. We're going to talk about questions that people asked uh, Ryan. So we're going to take a little break now, all right? <laughs> we have a few questions from the audience. A couple are, we kind of talked about, but uh, one person want to know. Transitioning to college, things I wish I knew right away. Oh, yeah. So... What are oh, yeah. some few things that you might have advice for? Things I wish I knew right away. One, I don't have to kill it every practice. First and foremost is and when, when you're starting off college, I know, it's hard to, I know it's hard to think about, especially, you know, when you're in a new place, but you have the gift of time, you know, 
even if like even if you're not seeing the numbers you want in your first year, you have the gift of time. I I threw 43 meters my first year of college, and I threw 50 meters my next year. Um, you know, I I was going into practice every day trying to test myself. You know, of course it's it's great to get better every day, but I wish I knew that I didn't have to kill it every day, and I needed to to break it down and focus a little bit more. And the second thing I wish I knew was. Um, about we were talking about lifting form. Um, I wish I paid a little bit more attention early on to trying to correct my form, put myself in the right position to get better instead of trying to push it from early on. Um, so I guess you know, in general, I just kind of hit the pedal to the metal a little bit too fast, and I wish I could go back and kind of just focus up a little bit, realize that I've got so much time, um, it's all going to be there. Yeah, I, I also I also wish that I had. I found out about the Instagram world of throwers. I had no idea. So when I, I got to I got to college and, and, and Jeff was was telling me, hey, do you, you follow this guy on, on Instagram? Like so many people post so many great things on Instagram related to the throws. I had no idea. And that has helped me so much. Great resource. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I followed UVA throws long before I ever came to UVA. And that was helping me. Like I, I wish I knew about that. Um, but whoever this is definitely already knows about it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a it's a great resource online. There's so many guys uh, and girls throwing, and they post their exercises they do. They uh, yeah. we have you know your your uh, teammate Jordan Young, right? Uh, yeah. He's posting his experience, and there's so many guys out there who you can learn from. So yeah. that's a good tip. We talked about this one: balancing life, track, and school. Transferring. Why UVA brings the best out of and the goals that you are uh, you have oh, out yeah. the track. So. Yeah. When I was when I decided I wanted to transfer, I was between three schools. I was between UVA. Actually, no, UVA wasn't in the fold in the beginning. I was between uh, Cal Berkeley um, and Cornell, and I decided that I wanted to go to Berkeley at first because I, I know the coach there. We we met. It was I like the program. And then one day in the weight room, my my coach says, "How about UVA? You want to check out UVA?" And I was like, "Oh, I mean, sure." Um, I, 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 I follow their Instagram and when I, I was doing some research and my coach and I were talking about it and we just saw, you know, there's this Pobo Natsé, Hilmar, the, the throwers that were there and elite level throwers. Um, but there was also, you know, people are attracted to, to staying at UVA, to training with you for, for training with you because, you know, you, you were so great at, at containing this, this load of throwers on a day in day out basis, even, you know, even the throwers who have graduated and are training, you know, for the Olympics now for, for, for trials right now. Um, so that was a huge thing for me is I, I knew that not only did elite level throwers want to come here, but they also wanted to stay here. Um, and that was huge. Cause not only, you know, as a, as a, as a thrower who just started, you know, hitting my stride to have those people in practice who are my teammates, I'm going to be competing with in the UVA Jersey, but also have those people who are graduated and training to be a professional. Oh, that's uh, something really unique uh, and uh, that, that you get the chance to work with student athletes, your teammates, and then people who are striving to be uh, Olympians and Olympians. You, you train. One of the questions is, was how awesome is Goonie? 
Oh, so you train, you're training with Olympians, so how is that? <laughs> oh my goodness, Goodney is crazy. Um, <laughs> I love Goodney. If you're watching this, Goodney, I love you. Because you were here, you were with him in Tulane and at yeah, UVA. He so, was here for a month, yeah. So I met, I met Goodney my sophomore year at Tulane. I was really trying to put some pieces together. I started, I was getting a lot stronger. I was starting to figure out my form a little bit. And I met Goodney, who came to Tulane to, to, to train with Jeff for a week of, you know, just a training camp. Um, and I learned so, so much from him. He, he taught me the, the biggest lesson I ever, I ever took from Goodney, no matter how bad of a practice, he'd come up to me, he put my hand on my shoulder and said, Ryan, you have to eat big, be big, and then you will throw big. And I was like, <laughs> uh, it, you know, it just grounded me in the day. You're like, all right, I That's guess like another day of eating big, being big and throwing big on the horizon. So Goodney, Goodney was an example of someone who just loves what they're yeah, doing. Yeah. I, so I, I've gotten a chance to, to, to train with him a couple of times. He came last year and um, it's always, it's so great to see someone who like truly just loves it all. Um, and I mean, we talked about like loving what you do and that's someone that just really, really cares about his process. He cares about having fun. Um, he cares about his body. He, I know he is going through some injuries, but you know, he's back and he's looking huge now. So, I mean, g great for him. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, he, he's a hustler. He, he's going to make through these injuries. Very talented. And really, I, I found, I haven't found Icelandic person. I'm sure they're out there. They are, that they are not strong and, and dedicated and love, love what they're doing. They're really focused. They're the hardest, one of the hardest workers in the world. I mean, that's why they are Vikings, right? Yeah. This question from your fan. And uh, this person said, you will understand. Have you, have you beaten level four yet? <laughs> Um, I don't know what that means. No, we're we're just talking about video games. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm so bad at video games. I can't. <laughs> what game is this? So this is an old game we used to play. I I I hate video games. If you literally, oh my god, I I'm I'm only good at one video game. That's Super Smash Bros. Is what we're talking about. Um, that is the only game I've ever, I, I like to compete. I'm a big competitor, um, especially because, you know, a lot of my roommates, they, they're not, they're not athletes. So they, they're, they're big on they're video games. Enough, okay. Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I, I suck. I, I'm really bad at video games. I, I tried to be good at Fortnite for a really long time. I spent months on it. I never got even close to winning. I tried to be good at Madden 2k. I, I'm, did you play uh, like Call of Duty and those those games? In I past? did when I was young, yeah. and I got I was you know it, it's got that ranking system yeah. where you know you you play a lot of games you 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 get higher in the ranks, and I would just get so frustrated because everyone would be so much better than me. <laughs> I don't have the patience for video games. There are, there are people making livelihood out of playing video games, and they're making good money. Uh, yeah. There's there's tournaments. Yeah, I remember Call of Duty when it came out. Uh, me and my roommates, uh, college roommates, we were. We were playing like crazy. There was an Xbox similar game, but man, those things can get addictive. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. man. Um, all right. Have your legs really grown double in size every year since freshman <laughs> year? Oh my <laughs> god. Um, uh, thank you for whoever asked that. Yeah. Because um, you are strong now. You're yeah. really strong. So I guess I've always had you know pretty strong legs. I think people 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 like to joke about it that I, I have some pretty large legs um i i think you know i i i hit a new pr this year uh, 230 kilos in the squat and it's pretty big that is pretty big pretty big compared to um my my bench numbers so i think you know my my lower half is 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 pretty strong and i was i was really happy about that I was, what's that 520 pounds or something like that i think 
Yeah. I was really happy about that. So thank you, whoever asked that. <laughs> it is not true that they have doubled, but uh, it's gotten, I've, got, I've been getting a lot bigger lately, yeah. It's, uh, I think it's also uh, because you are coming ready every day. Um, I talked about one of my former athletes. He was really struggling to get strong. Mm. Right? So uh, sometimes your peak, and really with, uh, with guys, it's not until you're 25, 28, right, your strength levels. But if you don't put that work in during the young years, and like you said, with a good form, oh, yeah. uh, there will be a point like Nate, right, right? Like his senior year, um, he was struggling. I remember he came with 120 kilos squat. He was doing for five reps. Uh, really struggled. Bench press, same thing, 120. He was, he was doing the same as squat as bench. Obviously, he bench pressed 210, right? So oh, he yeah. just broke into that frame. And I think for guys, really, it is important to put work all the time. Yeah, girls too, but uh, guys need to push through that because uh, your body needs it, right? What 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 were you what were you lifting at your at your peak numbers? So yeah, that's a good. Yeah, good I don't question. think I've ever asked you this. It wasn't until I was after college, twenty five, twenty six. Okay, uh, I, I squatted. I think it was same as you, uh, two thirty. No, I did. I did two fifty. Oh wow! I did two fifty for one one time. Uh, I was heavy. Yeah. I was about two eighty. Wow. Um, but, I, but I didn't throw far. I couldn't move. I was very strong, but I couldn't move. I bench pressed 205 kilos. Sweet. But again, that was not my best year. Uh, my best year was before that and then after that when I loosened up on, on lifting. And you know this, how important it is to be smooth, right? right? It's great to be strong, but it's really important to be flexible and smooth, especially in discus. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I've definitely noticed that about, about the way you throw. It's, 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 so, it's, it's way smoother than some of the guys that you watch. And it's, it's all about speed and, and, and the motion of, of, of your upper, of your torso. And I think that that's something that I haven't seen in a ton of throwers, but it's really interesting to watch, yeah. It's amazing what you can do with your body when it's loose. Um, and you'll see those with these guys today. Uh, obviously, Daniel Stahl is just an alien. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, is, he has very long arms, uh, obviously throwing far. Uh, I think he's exception. <laughs> he's exception because he's exceptional in every, every area. Right? He's really strong in the leg. Um, he can squat a lot. He can uh, deadlift incredibly. Who I really like is Frederick Dakers. Oh, yeah. He's, I remember this 2014, him and Philip threw together in the Texas Relays. Philip threw over Where 60. Where did he go? Where did uh, he didn't go to school in the U.S. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Frederick stayed in uh, uh, West Indies right, back home okay. with his coach. He threw 66 meters then. He's really loose, and you can do a lot. And you see him now, obviously much stronger, obviously throwing a couple of meters further, right? Yeah. But he got way stronger for distance that he's throwing right now. And you do have to break into strength. Uh, you do have to be strong for 70 meters. Um, but this kid, he was maybe 105 kilos uh, throwing 66 meters in 2014. Uh, it was incredible. But like I was say, you can do a lot. And you, and I can see that in your throwing too. When you tighten up, oh, yeah. it doesn't go. Like oh, yeah. When you loosen up, you, you, you launch it out there. I think there. That's, that is my f- favorite and most, most interesting thing about the discus throw is that there there is no one way to do it. There's no yeah, best yeah, way. Yeah, and yeah. for me, I'm I'm six one and my, I don't have incredibly long arms. But Jacob's got super long arms, you know. Um, but I have to I have to throw different. I have to find something that works for me. Um, and this is something for a lot of high school throwers out there. If you're listening, you don't have to conform to someone who tells you there's one way because there is not one way. Um, you have to find what works for you and and have a coach who understands that that it's going to be different for you than it is for your teammate who's 6'4". 
It's really individual. Um, there are some basics that you have to do, but mm. really you can see Alekna, you can see Robert Harting, you can see Haddadi, now Daniel Stahl, right? They're all throwing really far. They all have different, little different styles to their bodies. So really important to throw, to listen to your body. The one guy that I like is Milanov uh, a lot as well from Bel- Belgium. Very unique uh, technique, but he also launches it far. He uses his body uh, real well. And it's those de- little de- things when you come to that level that matter a lot. How you put your foot, when do you put your foot down, which is one of the questions also. How do you put your right foot down like that out of the back? So what do you, because people watching, I guess, what we're doing, uh, we worked on the right side, right leg out of the back. So... I've been working on my my entry to the discus though for a really long time, and it is a process of total total repetition. So when I am when I I can't remember his name. I okay. So I learned this from 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 one of Jeff Milliron's friends who came to train with us. I can't remember his name. I'm so sorry if you're out there. Um, It'll get to we, you after we finish, probably. We, um, we would run this drill where I would practice the entry and just leave my foot in the middle, just practice the feeling of getting it around, getting it out wide, and sticking it down in the middle and getting a little bit of rotation. So I would practice that literally uh, when, when I was really working hard on it because my entry was really bad. Um, when I was really working hard on it, I, I do one throw, five drills, one throw, five drills. And I know that's something, especially when I'm having a tough day, that's something we do a lot is um, not only will we take back the intensity of the throw sometimes, but it'll go, we'll take one throw, then we'll drill that one thing two times. One, you know, but, but the entry is something that cannot, absolutely cannot be overlooked, especially by a young thrower. Just drilling the individual parts of the throw it's really helpful. Some people say that it's it's better to do a full throw, you know, because because that's you're not gonna go in the in the ring and do segmented throws. Uh, I like to try and and do both when I can. But yeah, that was something I really worked hard on, and I'm glad uh, you know. People notice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, people notice. No, you are you're a little bit of a celebrity on Instagram. You were, uh, <laughs> you had almost over sixty thousand views that one video. Um, people commented a lot, sent a lot of messages. Uh, you do, like I said, you did make your technique much better over the years. Uh, mm. You can see that progress. And I, what I think it's really important is just the progress, right? So for, for not losing a day, uh, not losing opportunity to get to get better technically, uh, physically, mentally, in every way. Uh, I think that's why you are where you are right now in a great position. You're a great athlete. You were you were, you got accepted to some amazing schools, and you, you were graduating from UVA. Uh, I'm, I'm sure your parents are very proud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's something that I I want to make sure that some of these those, some of these young throwers know is that you know you see these guys on Instagram who are studs from the beginning, throwing you know 190 feet, 180 feet in high school, but you know there's people like me who. I came out of college with 160 feet. I never made it to state in in, in high school. I took my first year of, of college, I threw super poorly. My second year of college, I threw 50 meters. So uh, there's never there's never any reason to give up. It, it can come. It just takes, you have to stick with it. And that's something that, you know, I, there were days when I was down. But I, I, I knew because, you know, I had a great coach who was telling me, you need to stick to it because I see it. You know, you, it's in there. So, you know, if it's not if it's not coming right now, just stick to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you did a, you did an incredible job, Ryan. Over the years, I'm very thankful 
that you joined the team. I'm very happy that you didn't go to Berkeley. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a Berkeley grad as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we are we are so fortunate and uh, that to have you. Somebody like we, like I said, with your dedication, seriousness, attention to details. Uh, there's no small things, right? Like you know this in filmmaking, you know this in track. Uh, there's no such thing as small things, and you bring that to the team, and people see that, and I love it. So I want to thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm sad that we didn't do these interviews earlier to see the progression of Ryan, but uh, I do, like I said, I want to thank you for for your effort and your attitude, uh, your dedication to your friends, uh, to recruits, uh, your enthusiasm. It's not easy to be on top uh, of your things every day, all the time, uh, but you're, you are showing athletes that you can do it, and then if you need help, you have your teammates, but you have to, you know, you have to persevere through it, and great things will happen. What are your, so what are, where do you see yourself in 10 years from now with all this experience that you have right now? Well, I think that, that, that being a college athlete taught me to care about everything that I do, that I need to give 100% into what I'm doing. I, in 10 years from now, I sure hope to God I'm on a film set, I'm making films, and I hope that I'm still strong. Yeah. That, <laughs> that is something that I've been thinking about a lot because, you know, or not, I'm not going to be in the weight room with Ethan, Claudio, and Jacob, yeah. and Pobo, not to Hilmar, lifting 1,000 pounds, and I'm hoping that I'll be able to, to, to carry it on, um, hopefully in a little bit of a safer way that my body's not going to hate me for. Um, but 10 years from now, I want to look back at this experience and... I'm going to be so thankful for what you did for me, taking me up in this program. This, I, the UVA changed my life. I, I can't be more thankful for the, not only obviously the throws program, but the the school in general yeah, has taught yeah. me so much about professionalism, how to carry myself, you know, how to compete in the classroom. The program that I'm in, without it, I wouldn't be going to grad school. So I'm, I'm so thankful for these opportunities. And I hope that 10 years from now, I'll be able to look back on it and be like, that was it. That's what got me there. Yeah. So I'm excited for your future. I know you're going to do some great things. You're already doing amazing things. And like I said, you have made your teammates and me, myself so much better to see you every day, that you are showing up, that you're doing work, that you're not complaining, that you're taking punches from life and you're doing it well. It really means a lot to me as a coach. Like I said, I, I learn from you guys as much as you learn from me. Uh, hopefully you learn anything from me, right? Uh, but I learn... A lot from you guys, and just keep doing what you're doing. You're amazing. You're amazing. Thank you, Coach. That <laughs> means the world. Thank you. Yeah. We have last question from the audience. Who's your favorite sibling? <laughs> it says, just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> I won't answer that one. Shout out to my family, Hallie, Brooke, Braylon, my three sisters. Yeah, no favorites. No favorites. Good. Oh, th thank you, Ryan, so much. Yeah. Um, we'll uh, hopefully sit down one more time. Uh, but thank you, like I said, for everything. And, uh, yeah, make sure you make your flight. And good luck with the interview. Oh, yeah. Right. Thank you. Thank you. I've had a lot of fun. That was Ryan Singer for us in this first episode. As you can see, he has incredible advice to give us his story, his path from high school to college. And after college plans are really something to take notes on and apply to your own experience, your own life. And for next episode, we have Maria Bogavac from Montenegro. She's also our senior and also has an incredible story to tell. Uh, her path was up and down in her career, but she persevered. And tune up for the next episode and hear what she has to say, what advice she has to give you guys on how to deal with some injuries and how to deal 
with the college life. Stay tuned.